0: We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land in which we record this podcast today, the Arakwal people of the Bunjalong Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Hello, Hello yummy, yummy Mummies. Welcome to Beyond
1: the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This
0: podcast is targeted at mums, mums mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now
1: we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here Here we we go. go. Hello, Jay. Hello, Sophie, and everybody listening.
0: We've recorded this about three times because <laughs> each time we jumped on to give you an update and we have absolutely nothing, nothing to update nothing anyone on.
1: I think that, to our credit, it's been two days since we recorded on Friday because we had a bonus I episode. Think it was
0: for, I think it's four or five days, but I just think this time of the year, your mind is so busy. I don't know what I've been no doing. No one cares. Like, not you. Me <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Ha ha ha. I care. We've officially lost it. I feel like this is the last week of crazy and then we can actually settle in to enjoying Christmas and then it's all like too late, so bad, so sad. You've missed the opportunity to buy <laughs> anyone a gift. Move on. So we're not going to update you on anything. No, we're just going to move straight on through. Do you have a rude or fabulous or a mum hack for
1: us? Not only do I have a rude or fabulous, I'm combining it with a mum hack. Great, because I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. This was sent in by Man. I'm going to say it might be Mandy, man's good on you. So I thought this was too good not to share with you guys. One of my friends, family Christmas elf has COVID and he's in oh. quarantine for three days and can't move. Bloody
0: genius. That is fucking fabulous. Do you know what? I think that Kim Kardashian did that. I've had... Of course she did. Because Rudolph Fabulous, my husband, took it upon himself to buy a freaking elf on the shelf, even though we were not in it.
1: (laughs) 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 hey can you do me a favor can you go get a big roll of toilet paper so she just weed a little bit in her pants and she needs some can you go get some please are you right don't wipe it on your dress (laughs) (laughs) oh my god guys oh my fucking god okay (laughs) no go on Go
0: on Christmas
1: Grinch. Go tell them what you just did.
0: <laughs> I completely forgot that Jade's daughter, Billy, Billy, was <laughs> sitting behind us. No in between she, us. In on the between floor. us. She still is a Santa and elf believer. And I do you reckon I've ruined her? Let's hope she was in just one of those little, like, I'm not listening to you I guys. I haven't boring. actually pissed myself, by the way. Jade just <laughs> used that as an excuse for her to leave the room. Like, you couldn't have just asked for a glass of water. Well, she would have gone to my pants. Yeah, you, that's I mean, it's I- more believable. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far from the truth. Fuck.
1: Sorry. Oh, what else has she heard while she's been in here?
0: I don't even want to think about it. Well, she doesn't believe in Christmas anymore, let's Yeah. Well, I that. was about to say rude or fabulous. My husband went and bought an elf on the shelf and I can't remember what else I was going to say because I've ruined Christmas in the meantime. <gasps> I'll have a chat to her and say Sophie's pregnant and she's just lost her mind. Yeah, she thinks the elf's not real. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Wild. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's get into today's episode yeah, please before do. we get into any more oh, trouble. She comes coming oh, her <laughs>
1: heart? <laughs> Thanks, darling. That's so kind of you.
0: Oh, she gave <laughs> you the whole role, not just a few. She shit. asked for the whole role. Oh, okay. Well, there Thanks. you go. Um, We're going to get into today's episode. This is with Maggie. You may follow her on Instagram. Her name is The Peninsula Mama, and she talks all about how her relationship changed postpartum, the ups and downs. She is funny. She is funny. How marriage counselling helped them. I do ask any family members or Jade of myself, please switch off about three quarters of the way through because the conversation gets quite risque. Yes, and Timmy, we mean it when we say this, (laughs) just stop listening, all right? I'm more concerned about Shimmy. Shimmy does the secret listen, (gasps) Timmy doesn't listen, unless he's on it. Yeah, so just stop listening (laughs) if we know you and we're going to stop talking before we put our little hooves in it. (laughs) (laughs) Just enjoy (laughs) the episode. Hello Maggie, thank you so much for joining us on Beyond the Bump today. For those who maybe don't follow you on Instagram, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and
2: what you're all about? I am a mum of two and I share the the not so the not so interesting or the not so kind of like Pretty parts of my life. So, I like to talk about my pelvic floor. I've had prolapses. I like to talk about the fact that my husband and I actually do have issues. Our biggest issues occurred after our babies were born. And I do love to talk about sex because my sex life, I don't know about you guys, but my sex life after having kids, it, it's gotten better. Woo!
0: I think that there's a real time where it dips. And then when you start to find yourselves again, it's then better. Absolutely. But it takes work to get there. I'm currently pregnant, so my sex life is practically non-existent. It's like, what is sex again? Can you explain? Can someone explain the birds and the bees? Because I um can't remember what sex is. But I know what you mean. I feel like postpartum, I was like, I'm never going to enjoy sex again. And then all of a sudden, once you've almost got to form a habit of it again,
2: which feels really unsexy. And then, yeah. It's work. Like I remember after my second was born, we actually, me and my husband weren't intimate for six months, just actually over six months. So there was a six-month period there plus, you know, when I was pregnant because I'm kind of mm. like a don't touch me. I'm <laughs> creating life. I don't want to deal with anything going in there when something's about to come out. <laughs> yeah. kind of vibe. So, yeah, it took us and me some kind of a lot of like alone time and a lot of figuring out what I liked to get back into the saddle. But I think that's why it was so good because it was the first time in my life where I went, wait, what do I like? Like what turns me on? And for me, it was having that alone time with my own body. That's when I figured it out because I think when someone else is with you, you do have that kind of like you're thinking about them and thinking about what you're doing. Whereas when you're just alone in the shower, listening to a Bridgerton playlist <laughs> and pretending that the Viscount wants you, it's a very different experience. Oh, I love this.
0: I love this chat already. I'm getting excited. <laughs> but yeah, we had actually a marriage counsellor on about a month or so ago and so many people were like, thank you so much for finally speaking about you know, issues in relationships, postpartum. And then I thought, well, surely it's just as if not more important to hear about someone who's speaking from a personal story, which I think is what you do so beautifully on Instagram. But let's take it back to tell us about your journey to motherhood. You know, what was your relationship like before you had kids? When did you know you two wanted to
2: have kids? So when we met, we have been together for over a decade. So we met when uh, I was 20 and he was 21. Yeah. And kids wasn't, we didn't think about kids. I was never someone who loved babies. A lot of my friends would be like, oh, give me the baby. Like, oh, I love the newborn smell. And I'd be like, no, I don't know if it's breathing or not. Take it away from me. I'd never had that maternal instinct. It wasn't until we got married That I kind of looked at him and I'm like, I think I kind of want kids now. And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we tried for a month and we got pregnant. And then two days before Christmas, because we were going to announce it to our extended family at Christmas, I miscarried. And that was really hard. I think it was something that I knew happened. But until you actually share your own story, then it's like, so many of my friends were like, Oh, me too. Yeah. But before you talk about it, it's kind of like that won't happen to me. No, that, that's not what that is. So it took us a little while to get pregnant again. And then I had a second miscarriage and then I had my baby jack up after going to see an acupuncturist and actually finding out what it takes to make a baby. Cause I didn't know, I knew nothing about like cervical mucus and like basal body temperature like i i had no idea what the fuck that was oh can i swear i don't know you yeah, okay. can swear okay. all right <laughs> yeah i got pregnant with Jagger and it was amazing but i think after a miscarriage you that moment of real excitement kind of gets taken away from you because yeah. yeah you kind of you're going to the toilet every time checking when you wipe but yeah his pregnancy was kind of textbook and um then we had our our little rainbow baby. How far along do you think it was
0: until you could actually like believe the pregnancy and, and like feel excitement?
2: I think when I started feeling him kick and it was probably around like the 25 week mark because my placenta was, yeah, my placenta was at the front. So I couldn't really feel anything. And then it was like, oh, there's a baby kicking. It's real. And then it gets to the point where you're like overanalyzing Mm. Okay, when's the last time baby moved? I felt a a big pressure because I was the only one that could advocate for my child. I was the only one that knew his movements. And so it almost got to a point where I was like, I just want to birth this child so someone else can help me with this because this pressure is a lot. And you were
0: saying that you kind of, you know, after getting married were like, oh, I guess we should have a kid. (laughs) Did you feel like once you got pregnant and had those miscarriages, your kind of desire to have a child got greater?
2: Absolutely. I don't think I really wanted it until I realized, oh, it got taken away from me. And then what was your transition into motherhood like? Oh, it was a fucking shit show. (laughs) Like I was really the only, the, the first person in my family to have a baby I kind of saw everyone else doing it. And you know how, like, you see other, every other woman that's a mum, and you're like, well, if she can do it, surely. Like, so many people are mums around the world. Like, surely I'll be fine. Like, we'll be fine. We're in love. Like, we're pregnant. We're having a baby. Like <laughs> that. that was like... Yeah, no, no, no. My expectations were were very high. I even downloaded an app because I wanted to learn another language on maternity leave. Which <laughs> <not the same laughs> Holy
1: thing. shit, ah! you were just
2: really setting yourself up, weren't you? Yeah, no,
1: I was. Um, <laughs> was it that Duolingo? Yeah. Duolingo. Duolingo. My husband is on that on the toilet with. He knows Spanish, Japanese, because <laughs> that's From how long it takes to shoot. Yeah, in one yeah. day.
2: <laughs> oh, that's why they're on the toilet for so long. Yeah, no, babe, I'm. I'm just educating I'm myself. Yeah. So, yeah yeah, no, I, yeah, I royally fucked up in what I thought was going to happen. And then it was like a complete and utter shit show. And what do you feel like were the biggest shocks for you? The sleep deprivation. I knew that like, people were like, you know, they use sleep deprivation as a form of torture. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, like I'll just sleep when the baby sleeps. It's fine. Yeah. That that's not a thing. So the sleep deprivation and my postpartum anxiety was like raging. Those what are they called? Those thoughts that kind of like intrusive, in. intrusive, intrusive thoughts. I would just kind of be looking at Jagger and he, and I would be changing him, and I would just have this flash of what would happen if he rolled and I didn't catch him, and he'd end up on the floor. Like every scenario of something going wrong, I had like flash flashes exhausting of exhausting for you. Yeah, and I didn't realize it wasn't normal because it's really difficult to know what's normal. Like you just kind of sit there with tears rolling silently down your face because you don't want to wake the baby. And you're like, is this it? Because everyone else is showing these beautifully, you know, picture perfect on a hilltop with their gorgeous baby breast feeding from their teeth. And I'm just like crying in a dark room at home. Where's my hilltop?
0: Yeah. And how long do you feel like that anxiety lasted? Did you get help
2: for it? It got better after we went to sleep school. Mm -hmm. And then my mum was actually, she kind of noticed something was wrong. And I was in denial for a really long time because I thought if I need to ask for help, then I'm failing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she actually was the one that called a psychologist for me because I physically could not. And I said to her, well, just book the appointment for me. And she goes, oh, Okay. But then she rang back and she's like, the psychologist is actually going to call you in five minutes. And I saw the number calling and I was so close not to picking up, but it wasn't until I spoke to someone and she kind of reassured me and gave me some coping mechanisms and kind of spoke to me about the realities of motherhood. Because at that time, like it was about 20, 2018, Instagram, social media was still very picture perfect. Yeah. So I wasn't able to really connect with anybody. And because of my anxiety, I couldn't go anywhere. So the only connections I was making was online, but it was with a lot of women that were just showing the highlight reel. And how was your partner? Like, did he know that you were different? Obviously your
1: mum did and, and took action, but did he know what was happening?
2: I think he just tried to support me the best he knew how. But when you have someone that's not willing to hear that they need help, that's quite difficult. You know, you have to be, you have to be in that space yourself to kind of recognize, you know, the questions that they're asking me. It's coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of you're not doing enough. And that's yeah. what I heard when he would be like, are you okay? I would spring to like, what are you saying? Like, well, oh, you don't think I'm a good mum?" Is that it? Like, is that what you're trying to say? So it was kind of my insecurities would come out. Mm. So it would have been really difficult to live with me 100%.
0: And how do you feel like in general your relationship was at that time?
2: Or Did you start to see cracks? Oh, massive. Yeah. When when we were pregnant, because we were (laughs) pregnant and we were birthing the child, we were going to have date nights every week. Mm Mm-hmm. And because a lot of my, my friends had said like your relationship would change and me being me, I was like, Oh, not us. Like mm -mm, we're solids. We're really solid. He's going to help me and it's going to be great. But when he went back to work and I realized that my life had completely changed and he was still going to work and he had like a car ride. By himself, yeah, to and from work, where he could call people and what listen an to music. <laughs> Fuck, man, like you know, and at like two a.m. when he would try and settle Jagger, but Jagger just wanted a feed, and it was like, oh, he needs a feed. I'd be like, yeah, sure, he fucking needs a feed. Like, mm-hmm, he needs me. Like it, the resentment was mm. very, very high. And to Brad's credit, he's in, an incredible dad, an incredible partner. I just think I had these unrealistic expectations and it's like, I wanted him to know my life was harder.
0: Yeah. We talk about that a lot lot. where it's, you know, they come home from work and they complain about, anything and you're like oh you think that's hard what about this and it's like it can actually be that you're both having a hard time but yeah you just need someone else to almost like suffer along with you.
1: And it's like you're setting yourself up to fail like you automatically are setting yourself up to fail by pre-thinking these thoughts I mean I had them all the time I already like would create stories about how much of an asshole he was during the night and he was literally asleep like you can't be really that mad but we are as as mums sitting up breastfeeding you are so angry at that person next to you sleeping because you resent them you're just like I wish that was me but it's not me and it's not gonna be me for a long time and it takes a lot to change and get your mentality on a different level to be okay with that
2: oh absolutely absolutely the conversations that I was having in my head when he was asleep. They, oh. they weren't, they weren't healthy for everybody. Give us, give us one example. <laughs> oh, I would just kind of look at him and be like, remember when we were fucking pregnant? Yes. remember, yeah. remember, <laughs> remember that? Like, you know, cause when you are pregnant, you're like, oh, and you're going to help with the nappies and we're going to have like one night on for you and one night off for me. And you know, you're creating this narrative and then it fucking doesn't happen. And they leave the house and you're alone with this potato that you absolutely love, but like it needs you all the fucking time and you get nothing done. And like they get to do shit at work. They get to speak to people and I'm on the couch with an ice pack on my vag because it feels like I have balls and <laughs> And my drink bottle's two metres away and I just have to stare at the drink bottle because I can't get up for the drink. But, yeah, I'm really, really sad that your co-worker didn't offer you a Mars bar at lunch. That's really hard for you.
0: <laughs> and then they walk back in through the door and they say, what did you get up to today? I had to say, oh. end up saying to Nick, I was like, I know that you are saying that because you genuinely like, you know, he would get home and he'd be like, Oh my God, that was such a long eight hours in terms of, I, cause I missed you guys so much, you know, and often like they would give anything to be there with you, but unfortunately they have to go to work. But I just had to say to him, please don't make the first thing you say when you walk in the door, what did you get up to today? Because I have barely pissed all day but I still can't tell you what I did. I don't know what I did, but I did so much. And yeah. please do not ask that question.
2: Yeah, because in my mind, Brad would ask the same question. And what I would hear was, What did you accomplish today? Because yeah. it doesn't look like yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's not what they're saying. And I think that's that's why we're in counseling, because what I was hearing was very different to what he was like he was saying.
0: Yeah. And so, when did you get to the point that you were like, okay, ready to have a second? Let's throw another grenade on this situation.
2: <laughs> I think Jagger was like two and isn't it like your brain has that like hormone that erases the first like fucking six months. So it was probably around that time when I was like, birth was so beautiful. And we, we survived that first six months. And the second time around, it'll be easy because we know, we know all there is to know. Yeah. So there was that false sense of security that I, again, fucked myself up with.
0: (laughs) And then tell us about that experience.
2: And then, I, well, we were in COVID, it was in between lockdowns when she was born, which was like perfect because I had had Jagger's birth photographed and by God, I wanted my second done because I was kind of like, imagine when they're older and Jagger's like, I have moments of me entering the world. You don't have them because mum and dad don't love you. Because you you're know, the like, second
0: child and there's no yeah. photos of you anywhere. <laughs> exactly. So I was like,
2: this is not happening. So it was in between lockdowns, birth went incredible. My physical health after was was really great this time around because I had my physio, my pelvic floor was going really well. And then... We took Noah home and within maybe like two or three weeks, we were back in lockdown. Yeah. So Brad was able to kind of extend that parental leave. But the hardest thing was he would be upstairs working. She's quotationed working. Yeah, so quotation people know. and he would like come down and be like, I'm just coming down to get a coffee and I've got to go back upstairs. And I'd be like, Yeah. And I have two. And the resentment just kind of, it came back. Yeah. It, it really came back with a vengeance, with a big vengeance. It's
0: hard. I reckon there's pros and cons to working from home, but sometimes I would rather if someone can't be helpful, do not be anywhere that i can see you hear you smell you (laughs) you know like i think that like a partner working from home is often glamorized as this like oh they'll be able to be helpful and of course you you know you gain the time that they would have lost in the commute and blah 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 but it's kind of like if nick's got a cold or like the man flew or whatever and i'm like don't be here unless you can be helpful. Don't and you be expect here if you're more? Not present. But
1: don't you expect more? It's like this instant right that you have that if you're home, well, then you're going to do way more than what I would ask of you if you were not home. So it's already in like it'd be in my head that oh well, now that you're here,
0: you can do all the kids breakfast and you can do all of this and you can do all of that and and it's just... So let's be honest, most mums that work from home probably do like 3 loads of washing throughout the day. Of probably prepped dinner between meetings you know like they're multitasking
2: angels yeah (laughs) absolutely I think the added the added pressure of lockdown meant that like we couldn't have anyone over there was no help you had that five kilometer rule you didn't really want to take your child to the playground because you knew you would be around other people and you've got like a newborn at home yeah so being isolated and then having your husband working upstairs while you're downstairs, not able to even go anywhere or have anyone come and help. That's hard. It's no wonder that that took a huge toll in our relationship. And I, and I look at people in Victoria, especially, or those that were in lockdowns, their relationships, not even with a newborn, but their relationships took a toll. Yeah. Because it was just, it was just a really difficult experience for everybody for a multitude of reasons.
0: Yeah, you can love someone, but you're not meant to spend that amount of time with just them.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what happened next? So what happened next was we got out of lockdown. I think there was like a a beautiful moment where, you know, we went on holidays and it was kind of really good. And then that resentment of like, Me having to fit my life around two kids, like, you know, scheduling in with him when I could wash my hair. Yeah. And we were kind of like ships in the night because with Noah, my second child, again, we weren't intimate for six months. He was sleeping on a mattress in another room. And then we went to sleep school. She was then put in her own room. He was then in a bed with me. And I was just not ready for any of that. And for us, intimacy and physical touch is a really big part of our relationship. I don't know about you guys, but when we're not physically intimate, we bicker more. Yeah. So I think there was that, there was the resentment, there was navigating two children because it it was like one child was one child and then two children was like 327. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Did you discuss the fact that you weren't being intimate or was it just like, oh, pretend that's not happening, ignore that elephant in the room?
2: I think because we would go to bed angry because we weren't talking at this time. We were just, we would communicate very ineffectively. There was a lot of arguments about everything and anything, whether it be like you used the last bit of milk and you know I like my milk in the morning like what, <laughs> what what are you thinking you know those kind of things and then it was actually as Jagger got older and we realized our parenting styles were yeah. really different and that was probably the catalyst because every time Jagger was displaying behavior that was not you know toddler behavior, mm. Brad would deal with it in a way that I didn't like. And then they would just, we would just blow up at each other and Paul Jagger's kind of just like sitting there like, uh-huh, I'm going to go play while well, you guys sort that out. Yeah, good. talk about that. So what are each of your styles? Because when we said we
0: were speaking to a marriage counsellor, the most common question we got in is... Can you overcome different parenting styles? Because it's something you cannot know until Mm. you become a parent. You can think you're gonna parent one way. And we all thought we weren't gonna go out for dinner with an iPad, but here we are. It's just something that you you can never know until the time comes. And but it can be extremely grating if you're not on the same page with discipline and everything
2: else. So mine is very kind of talk to me about your feelings. Let's work through these emotions together. Brad's is you need discipline. You need to know it's not okay. And I'm going to tell you it's not okay. And that's how you're going to learn boundaries. And what we've learned in our psychology sessions is that your parenting styles comes back to how you were parented. And it all like, it all seeps back to them. So I'm already looking at my two children thinking like, fuck, we need a fund for their psychology <laughs> sessions. They're going
1: to we'll be so confused. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it wasn't until we spoke directly with our psychologist because I don't think for us, our relationship was so damaged. We needed the help because we could not get there by ourselves. A lot of people I know are able to kind of, you know, do resources online or do courses online. And that's really helped them. We were at a stage where we needed the intervention. We needed that third person to be able to facilitate conversations because we were not able to have them. Yeah. And how did that happen? It was during an argument. And I think I said something like, we need fucking help. And he turned to me and he was like, no, I think we do. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And then we spoke about it a little bit more and I found someone and I thought I'm going to book it and we'll book one session. We'll see how we feel because we both need to be comfortable with this person. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go from there. And the first session I was so nervous going into and Brad's like, why are you nervous? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like, this is just, this is a bit new. And like, I'd seen psychologists before, but not with someone else sitting there like listening to my thoughts and we went in and it was the first time that I think we heard each other in a really long time.
0: Wow from the first session. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And Had you thought about separation before like had you ever got to a place in your mind that you were like we're too far gone to ever oh, yeah. enjoy I, each other again? How many
2: threats did you Throw at him for that. Uh, nearly every argument. Plus, I think one night I was seething and I sent him an email on, like, how to separate. And I just said <laughs> in the email, like, have a look at this. I'm going to, because it was like a questionnaire. Like, you put in, like, if you own a house, how many children you have? And it kind of helped you. And I'm like, I'm going to put my email down and I'm going to do this quiz. Maybe you should too. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... um. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something that we spoke about.
0: And how did you find someone? Like, did you just Google?
2: It was through a recommendation from a friend. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those things where sometimes you do just have to Google.
1: Did you ever say, I don't love you anymore? Like, did you ever feel like maybe you just weren't in love with each other? Or did you know there was just so much going on that it was
2: just out of control? I can't speak for Brad. I think that I've always loved him, but I definitely think that I was not in love with him for quite a few months. I would say months. Mm. And we got to a point where we realized we had to, to work on this and it was going to be a choice for us to work on it. We had to meet each other halfway and we did. And now we're in a really, really great place. The other thing that kind of, is a little bit frustrating is when I would share that we're doing counseling and someone would DM me and say, you're so lucky to be with someone who
0: will accept that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is going to counseling with you. My husband isn't wanting to go. And I'm like, There's a whole range of reasons why your partner might not want to see a psychologist, whether it be their upbringing, whether it be socially they think it's unacceptable, or another reason could possibly be that they don't see a problem. So they don't want to fix anything because it's actually benefiting them the way it is now.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: I don't think it's luck, though that Brad and I decided that we would work on our relationship. I don't think you can have a life partner and call someone your life partner if it's not a partnership. Yeah. Well said.
0: Do you think there's a, like it, when you went along, I would be worried that I would go and I would put on a performance to the counsellor, like as though, <laughs> oh god, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that would be my fear. Give us an I, example. So... I don't, I don't even know. Like, just... just like, more dramatise? No, is in, like, magnify how good I am and how yeah. bad he oh, is. But like, I guess they can just see side. through that shit, right? Like, because I know the number one thing is that they're never going to take a side. Like, that's not what their role is. But I feel like I would be there trying to be like, I'm going to win her but over. But
1: that's what a lot of people do. They go in and have therapy and think, we're going in because... I'm actually right, and he's actually and wrong. And then that that's I'm when right. they yeah. realize actually, you both need to understand that you both have a voice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And especially it's about putting the ego aside. Like, leave it at the you, door. You want to be right? Absolutely. Like, your ego is like, you are like the. The, the right one. You're the one that's life has changed. You're the one that has to do all these things. And then you kind of sit in the chair and at at some point you have to make a choice. Do I want to be right and lead with my ego or do I actually want to lead with love and compassion and make this work? And that's a choice. Like that, that's a choice you have to make because being right is great for a moment but what's it actually getting you? And that's something I needed to learn because I Brad loves to be right and I love to be right. And so that's a challenge for us. So what are
1: some tips
2: that you were given? We were given kind of like homework to just listen to each other and listen to acknowledge, don't listen to respond. Yeah. And I think it's just about When you feel emotionally overwhelmed, when you're getting to that place where you kind of go, whatever's going to happen next in this conversation isn't going to be a positive, take a step back, take a breath. But it's all kind of about that self-work. You have to be able to work on yourself because if you're not working on yourself, you can't work on your relationship. It's not going to work. It's the same with parenting styles. You know, we realize that we actually want The same for our kids. We want them to be resilient. We want them to be happy and healthy. We were just going about it two very different ways. And then we found that we wanted to be what they call emotional coaches. So our psychologist said in those moments with your toddler where they are having a really big emotion and you can feel it in yourself, don't think of yourself as a parent. Think of yourself as an emotional coach and help coach them through it but you can't help anybody if you can't help yourself first so I think for us the absolute baseline of our counseling was working on ourselves and realizing that we need to grow as people to be able to make this work because I I don't think it was necessarily about the two of us we could be with completely different people and if Mm. we were those versions of ourselves it wouldn't have worked with anybody yeah
1: Oh, children! They bring out the most of us, don't they? <laughs> we have to start. It's it's honestly like when you go through parenting, you realise, oh, now I'm doing all the work on myself because it's like having a little
0: flashlight it's
2: a on you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you just. I know for me, I just wanted to be the best version of myself that I could be for them.
0: And what you said about the parenting styles, I mean, it's so true in so many aspects of a relationship. Like often you are just both looking for the same outcome. It's just you're not willing to hear one another along the way. And so you're both actually just getting in the way of both of you getting to that exact outcome. So when did the sex start
2: back up? The sex... (laughs) So, my what I like to do is I like to go in the shower with my vibrator. Mm-hmm. I like to turn the lights off. I like is it to waterproof. On, yeah. What well, has to be waterproof, babes? Like, there's a lot of yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. Some, you know, we're hoping there's some moisture. moisture. <laughs>
2: there's got to be some juicy proof. Do you guys have vibrators? <laughs> no. Yeah, I
1: do. Is that a no? No, I don't. I like, I don't have like a a big dick one. Is that what? Well, like, like you've got a clit one.
2: Yeah. You've got, yeah, a clitoral vibrator. Yeah, yeah You don't yeah. have a dildo. Yeah. yeah. No, I like vibration. So I like vibrators mm-hmm. because penetration doesn't do a lot for me. And I think it's like 70% of women can't actually orgasm through penetration alone. Yeah, I can't. And so, yeah, we, we look at all of these like, I don't know about you guys, but you've grown up with all these movies of like, you know, <laughs> They're like penetrate, penetrate, and the woman's like ah oh, oh, oh. and I was and like, they both
0: go at the exact same time. Yes, and yeah, and yeah. you know
2: what else? You know, and I was like, that's not a thing. When they're not wearing a condom, they have sex. He finishes, and then she just gets up and puts oh, on a yeah. pants. Yeah. Nah, like, no, you're cupping yourself and going to the bathroom <laughs> and letting it all out. Don't pretend you like are you're doing just the least put on... sexy run to the toilet yeah. ever. Mm-mm. Or. You're either doing that or you're trying to get pregnant. So your legs are just going straight up in the air. (laughs) There is no in between. (laughs) Yeah. So getting back to it though, I had to take some time out to kind of enjoy my body again. Hmm. And then it was kind of like we would progress, but I would always have boundaries. I'm like, I'm not ready for penetration. I'm not ready for you to touch here, 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 but I can do this and I want to do this. So having those boundaries in place was really positive for us because there was no expectation. And I think that's the thing that a lot of women struggle with is that they're not able to voice what they want or they're not able to voice those boundaries. And then, you know, I had women tell me that I was lucky that my husband didn't leave me because I didn't have sex with him for six months. And I'm like, (gasps) if you think that our relationship is like, it's just based on sex or or not being one sided sex like, and also like I'm sorry I just pushed a fucking child out of my vagina yeah like my tits are still leaking I'm okay to not feel sexy you know at that what is it like the 10 week or eight week appointment I think where it's, six doctor, weeks. <laughs> you know, it's six weeks no it's six weeks right where the doctor's <laughs> like you're okay to have sex yeah well I'm not I'm not physically there I'm yeah. not emotionally there get the fuck out. Like, why don't you check my pelvic floor and stop kind of pushing on me that I need to like jack off my husband for him to stay. Like, that's not what's happening here. And that makes me really frustrated when women feel like they can physically have sex. So they should No. no, I mean, we're going into consent, right? Like we, do you want your child to ever feel like they should do anything in that area? Never. So it's not okay for you to feel that pressure. Yeah, well said. So yeah, boundaries worked really, really well because then you both know where it's at, you know? And I think that's really important, especially when you're still getting used to where everything is and what everything feels like and just taking it slow, even if it's like a massage. And then it's kind of like just kissing. But again, it's that thing of like if you want to, Get better at this, or you want this to be something that you work towards, then you have to put in the work. But when you're ready.
0: And I think as a parent, you're so time poor that when there's any window of intimacy, you can automatically go, okay, well, like we should have sex because, like, you know, the opportunity may not arise for this long again and I can't even remember what episode it was in, but I was like, how much do you miss just like lying on the couch and having a good pash? And so that's what Nick and I started doing where I was like, yeah, you can give me a massage, but it's not going to lead to anything else. Or yeah, let's just have a good pash slash dry hump on the couch and it's not leading to anything else. And there's way less mature relationships that we've all had back in the day where you could just have a couch patch and it wouldn't lead to anything. So why can't we do that with our partners that we've chosen or happened to have children with? Why does every bit of intimacy have to be this quickie, penetrative quickie?
1: I agree. And I also feel like it's because we don't have that amount of time like we used to. So now as parents, when especially it takes a lot longer well it takes a lot longer for me to be turned on or be in that moment we all know it's probably one week out of a whole month for me um but if that's the case he knows well there's my chance do you know what I mean and he's not pushy but if I am turned on well it's almost a green light because when is that opportunity going to happen again yeah But there's so many different ways. I mean, you could explain how many different ways can you be intimate with your partner other than
2: have sex? I think it's also what we look at sex as. Like a lot of people think sex is just penetrative. And it's like, there is like a whole other menu going on. There is so much more. And you can't look at sex as goal oriented as well. Like look at just having fun that's it you don't have to orgasm at the end and because we're taught as women when we grow up like when does sex end if you're in a heterosexual relationship when does sex end it ends when he comes that sets us up for fucking failure yeah right so like where are (laughs) we in that scenario and i like the other night I don't know. I was just kind of feeling it, so I went downstairs. There's Brad on the couch watching cricket, and I said, "I want you to come up and give me head, and I don't want to do anything to you. I just, (laughs) I need this. I want this." And he, and he just like he, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there, there." you know. So I'm very, I can be very selfish because I'm like, that's what I want in that moment. I know that he's, you know, done the same to me, where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'm up for that but it's also just like realizing that it doesn't have to be the same every time. And I think bringing back like the new and bringing kind of the fun back into it, it's going to be messy. You're going to make noises. Like I have pelvic floor issues. The fanny farts are huge. Like, and 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 I let them rip now. Like I used to be like, oh, but now I'm like, get get that air out. and Like, let's kind of like stick something else up there. You know what I mean? It's just about finding the
0: Yeah. And do you feel like this is the most fun now? Like, do you feel like this is an area that you're coming back to? Or do you feel like this is a whole new kind of growth phase of your relationship?
2: This is a whole new growth phase of our relationship because we just, I was very performative with Brad because I thought that being a woman, you had to be good at sex to have good sex. And I realized that no, 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 I absolutely can say to him, I want pleasure. I'll demand pleasure. And it's okay to be demanding because I think as women we're told don't be demanding, be small, you know, sex is for men and be a good girl. And now it's like, no, 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 no. I want to try this. I need pleasure. I need to want to do this. And now we're just kind of exploring different things and kind of like making it up as we go and buying different things. And it is so fun like it's your face has literally so lit fun. up it's so good like a kid
0: in a candy store so
1: <laughs> what if we wanted to spice up our bedrooms what toy do we start are, yeah what are we looking at
2: so last night I actually saw something that I was like oh we should do that it's an advent calendar but it's like an oh, adult ooh. advent calendar ooh. I think it's on love honey and I just think that would be fun because like It's prompted. Yeah, because you go, okay, well, let's try this tonight. Do you think it's possible as a thirty-six
0: week pregnant? Woman? <laughs> because that's what I'll be come Christmas. I think maybe that one can wait for Christmas. No, next you know what? Year. If
2: you're if you're up for it, like the handcuffs, like you just kind of like sitting, sitting pretty with handcuffs and I reckon that would be very comfortable as a pregnant well, woman. It's
0: I've I've finally turned a corner now, so it's the only time I can even fathom sex is now. And now I'm like, I'm pretty sure the only position I <laughs> can get myself in is like side lying that's about as, <laughs> oh, as adventurous as we can get right side now. lying but when you were saying
1: when yeah. you were saying like you know it's more about like having fun with it I'll never forget the memory that it was I think Mia I was almost giving birth and we thought oh let's have sex and we tried all these different angles to try and get him in there and by the end of it we didn't have any luck but we were sitting there in hysterics crying going this was the funniest moment. And you would have felt so connected. And we were so connected and yeah. it was nothing to do with sex in the end other than the fact that we were like fuck we just cannot work
0: <laughs> Her this head's out. head's
1: basically on she shows. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I think that's what you have to get back to just the fun. Yeah. Like it doesn't always have to work out. Like we've tried some things and we've gone like there was like this one position where I didn't even know what it was. It was kind of like he was lying down and I was lying on top of him. And then, like, we got it in there, and we were both like, "Who's moving?" <laughs> <laughs> how, Wait, how you were on him straight? Was, we were we were both facing the ceiling. Oh okay, sorry, like, yeah. Sorry. For some yeah. reason,
0: I thought he was facing down, I'm like, "Is <laughs> <'cause> he bent <laughs> well, it all the way what tool they're back?" Using, doll. Okay, yeah, I was thinking of the penis. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, so some things don't work. And like you said, sometimes when they don't work, it's actually hilarious. Yeah. Like you can't take yourself too seriously. And I think that's where it's been great for us because it's no longer goal oriented. The goal isn't just like, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, mm. and we're done. Although sometimes that is, it just, that is what it is. But then other times it's just about exploring and going, like, hey, like I saw this do we want to try? And it's just about being like, hey, let's just give it a go. See where we end up. That's and how do you find the time and prioritize it? I think it's that thing of like, you have to prioritize it. I think there's a, like our two kids sleep through the night. Yeah. go in sleep school, they go to bed at 6.30 and they're up at like 6.37. So we do have that yeah. time which I think is why we're exploring now because we have the ability to do that. Wow, you got 12 hours, girl. You yeah, get a lot done in 12 all, hours. Let me tell you, you can get a lot done in 12. <laughs> no. But I think it is about prioritizing. Like if you're both on the couch, on your phones, watching TV and just like sitting there for an hour after dinner, I mean, you could be doing other things.
0: Yeah. Before we interrupted with the advent calendar. So, if people are wanting to introduce toys or to spice things up, what are kind of, yeah, what what are your,
2: what are the baby steps to start? I would make sure that it was a discussion outside of the bedroom. I think it would be a lot for someone to just like, be in the moment and then whip out a toy and then their partner being like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So I would say, talk about it, talk about why you want to introduce it. And it would be kind of cool if maybe you pick a toy together or you go, okay, you've got 50 bucks. I've got 50 bucks. Let's see what we get and like have fun. The other toy that really helped us spice it up. If it, it was a, um, Oh, it was a remote control vibrator with panties so it's like a vibrator that kind of like sits I might in your underwear work. <laughs> please or don't you can have the remote please don't. you do that on your podcast and then like <laughs> we as listeners have to like we both guess will. when it's going we have, on yeah. no, <laughs> we should we both we do it. when so it's
1: episode
0: where we have to wear it while we record talk about something completely unrelated and I'll just turn yours on to- at <laughs> different
1: times vice versa that'd be funny as I love
2: that idea. I love that idea. I think we get banned.
1: I think that we All of a sudden we start having sex with
0: each <laughs> They would take us off the kids and parenting yeah. chart, I think. I think they'd on. be like, you've gone onto a different chart here, girls. <laughs> I
2: mean, I think you guys going onto a different chart is nothing but a good thing, personally. But, yeah, that was really great because he would have the remote, I would put them on, and then it would start at, like, 5 p.m., So are you making dinner? I'm making dinner. The kids are like going around and he's just like. Oh, that's great. And it kind of like, it would catch me off guard, but it feels good. And you're like trying to drain the pasta. and (laughs) So it gets you excited when the kids are in bed and then you're like, I am in the mood because I think it's like, it takes women three or four times the amount of time to like get horny than it does guys. So when he's just in the mood and you're like, I'm not really feeling it, it's because you ha- like you haven't had the time to get well, there. Well,
0: sometimes yet. they say sex starts at breakfast. You know, you gotta you gotta do the compliments
2: at breakfast, send the text messages throughout the day. Oh, like, I don't think you can have a healthy and happy sex life if it's not happy and healthy outside of the bedroom Mm. but yeah get a get a vibrator i think i'm turned off the first time
0: in about in over 30 weeks well this is
2: great we're gonna leave this podcast (laughs) and i'm just gonna
1: (laughs) and sophie i'll send you
2: the bridgerton playlist you can sit in the shower by yourself and just have a good time is bridgerton really that good no I i didn't love it i just i i'm a very like creative person so I create storylines in my head oh wow of like me being like part of the, the cast so it's it's a whole like theater production going on in my mind that's great mm. but the show itself it was very like outcome led
0: sex all the time
2: yeah I loved the books more the books turned me on more mm-hmm yeah, the books, but just find something. You've got to find something that turns you on, whether it be like, if you want to watch porn, if you want to, you know, read a book, if you want to listen to music, there's podcasts that are like sexy stories. If you need to to like, you know, hear anything or just like watch your favorite movie that you kind of, you know, get a bit steamy and Maybe we should give people a sexy podcast as a bonus episode. What, and we just speak like this the uh, whole Yeah, time? but we
1: make a sexy story up and see if people get turned on.
2: Okay. okay.
1: That's we'll definitely
2: off. on the kids' charts, that one. <laughs> definitely, isn't it?
1: <laughs> this is your sleep story. Good night,
2: children, <laughs> and hello, parents. <laughs> Maybe instead of being, like, beyond the bump, you can be, like, below the bump. Oh,
0: oh there she is <laughs> <laughs> you're coming back on for that bonus one baby. <laughs> now thank you so much for chatting with us today if there are people out there that are listening and they're like I just know that my relationship could be better what are your
2: tips or first steps for that communication you need to communicate that to your partner And if that communication is met with stonewalling and them saying, I don't want to do that, you need to probably unpack why. And then if they're unwilling to change, there's a decision that you probably need to make because if you're not happy and if there's things that you want and if there's challenges that you're facing, You need to have a life partner that helps you with that. You can't have someone that just goes, well, your problem isn't my problem. So yes, it is difficult to have that conversation because I think sometimes you're afraid to hear what the other person has to say. But what's more scary? Not having that conversation or continuing the life that you lead already and knowing full well that that is the relationship that your children are watching
0: yeah did your kids it kind of in the height of it ever make comments were they old enough to
2: yeah jagger would say you know stop fighting stop stop yelling yeah and we're not perfect parents by any means we still have our issues mm. even today that we need to work on mm. but to know that I'm with someone who's willing to work on them with me yeah I think that's the difference
0: that's an amazing thing to teach him as well yeah mm. mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time today and for your, you know, we always have honest conversations on here, but that was a particularly honest one. Thank (laughs) Thank you you. so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this
1: episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If
0: you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week bye bye